The first reading is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And, being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The second reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, beginning at verse 39. Jesus came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray, that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them, about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On the east lawn of the State Capitol building in Nashville, Tennessee, stands a statue to Alvin C. York from the hillbilly lands of the remote mountains of Tennessee. From his humble and poor origins, he would grow to be a Goliath of a man with a character to match. He spent his days hunting in the forests and his nights long, especially Saturdays, became a revolving door of swearing and drinking, fighting and gambling. Until Alvin, now in his mid-twenties, had an awakening and met his maker. And the hinge of history for the sharpshooting hillbilly-turned-hellraiser pivoted from Goliath to David. He even became a singer in the church choir. It's October 1917, and the United States have entered World War I. And a near 30-year-old Alvin C. York finds himself conscripted. There was only one problem. The sharpshooter from the mountains was now a respected churchgoer and an objector to the war. Alvin tried to de-enlist. His appeal was denied. He tried again. It was denied. He reached his training camp and tried again, to no avail. He was, though, granted a short furlough. It was while on furlough, Alvin C. York had his Gethsemane moment. There too on a mountain, kneeling in the garden forest, he would stare into his cup and, like his saviour before, say those words, yes, to not his own, but God's will be done. Roll forward to May 1918, and now private Alvin C. York finds himself deployed to France. He spends the summer fighting in numerous campaigns, rising to the rank of corporal. Then in October, one month before Armistice Day, sent to the Argonne Forest on the Western Front in the last great battle of World War I. 
Six days later, and Alvin and his patrol find themselves on a hill with the assignment of advancing on a railway two miles ahead. Split into two, the company move across a valley when they're hit by an avalanche of intense machine gun fire. Most of the first wave die instantly or lie injured, leaving 17 men, Alvin included, to detour and find their way behind enemy lines. Scurrying through undergrowth, the men edge closer to the machine gun battalion. They open fire only to be attacked from every direction. Ten of the 17 men fall. Six that remain take cover, leaving one. Corporal Alvin C. York facing from all directions the might of every machine gun round. But the sharpshooter turned soldier was in no mood to surrender. Slowly and methodically, one by one, he fired his lethal shots. Eighteen shots later and eighteen men down. Corporal Alvin C. York now finds himself confronted by seven charging bayonet-fixed German soldiers. Each would fall before reaching him. Shortly afterwards, the machine guns would fall silent, with the commander of the German army, despite vastly superior numbers, surrendering. Corporal Alvin C. York rounded up his own men and they marched the German soldiers back to American lines. Along the way, others would surrender. It's said that day, Alvin C. York silenced 35 machine guns, capturing 132 prisoners of war. The Allied Army's Commander-in-Chief in World War I, Marshal Ferdinand Foch, described Alvin C. York's exploits that day as the greatest thing accomplished by any private soldier in all the armies of Europe. He was awarded more than 40 honours, including the highest decorations of valour from the United States, France and Italy. In May 1919, Alvin would return to the United States a war hero. Congress would stand and applaud. The New York Stock Exchange was suspended as they carried him around the trading floor. Fame and fortune, power and popularity, even Hollywood and Broadway beckoned. Yet all Alvin C. York wished to do was return to his humble Tennessee roots. He'd go back and marry and spend the rest of his life using his influence to serve God and help others. He became a local preacher and would establish a local school for underprivileged youth and a Bible college. He would raise funds to build better roads and improve job prospects for his fellow man. If you were to travel around Tennessee today... You'd still find a hospital and a highway, a school and a skate park, a church and a construction bridge, which bear his name. At present, some of you may be watching a TV series about the origins of Britain's elite soldiers, symbolised by three letters. If British and if it existed then, Alvin C. York's bravery and valour in October 1918 would certainly have merited entry into the SAS. But perhaps its life as a whole testifies to the inclusion in another, less heralded unit, which is also characterised by three letters, S-N-S. On this 100th anniversary of the Royal British Legion in Jersey, their motto of service, not self, S-N-S, is a reminder to all of us, civilian or military, young or old, Christian or not, of how each one of us should live our lives, 
For Alvin C. York, it was the example of his saviour, Jesus Christ, which defined his life. Jesus Christ, who came from heaven to earth and gave us the role model to follow of not to be served, but to serve, and gave up his life to die on a cross as a ransom for many so we may live. So on this Remembrance Sunday, as we remember the memory of Alvin C. York, so may we remember as we go from here to live a life serving Jesus Christ, a life of service, not self. In the name of the Father who created us, the Son who redeemed us, and the Spirit who gives us life. Amen.